0: Accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said apple and not Apfelstrudel. strudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now, there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners. Cause you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babble.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the Visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty that is one line for $25 taxes and fees included so whatever you're doing at this moment please stop switch immediately now monthly rate on the visible plan for data management practices and additional terms visit visible.com
1: ign playlist is a new home to your game library rate
0: games share lists and log your game time powered by how long to beat Sign up for early access today at Playlist.IGN.com.
2: Listen!
0: Hello, Super Ninfrendos. It is episode 596 of the Nintendo Voice Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Macy. I'm joined, as always, by industry legend,
1: Cat Bailey. Hello, Seth Macy.
0: Pika-pika.
2: Pika-pika
1: <laughs> to you <laughs> as well, <laughs> Pierre Schneider.
2: Oh, hello, Seth. Squirtle. That's Squ-
0: <laughs> yes, a, a squirtle to you as well, and... Rebecca Valentine joining us once again. Always a pleasure.
3: Hi, S- Hi Seth. Dealy, woop, woop. Oh, Icky,
0: Icky, but
1: <laughs> Monty Python reference there. Uh,
3: Poke- Pokemon fans know. Okay. <laughs> or they don't. Okay.
1: Reb, Reb doing the deep polls for this episode. Well, I'm just being mm-hmm. basic cat with the Pikachu.
0: <laughs> well, in case you didn't uh, figure it out already, it's kind of a big week for Pokemon. Pokemon Arceus is out and of course the reason we have Reb on is not because just because we find her delightful and love to have her on the show but also because Reb is handling our review of Pokemon Arceus so is it good or bad or should we just like stop the show now or could you tell us a little bit about uh, a Pokemon Arceus
3: oh man where to even begin all right I am so torn on Pokemon Legends Arceus and how I feel about it okay um I think it is revolutionary. I also think it deserved better.
0: Wow. Okay. (laughs) Could you elaborate on that a little bit?
3: yes so the big thing about Pokemon Legends Arceus mm-hmm. that you probably know if you've seen any trailer whatsoever uh, is is that it is it is very much a shake up of what we know Pokemon to be uh, the Pokemon they, they do roam around the overworld as they did in Sword and Shield's wild area and also in um, uh, Pokemon Let's Go uh, but it is much more of an action RPG an open world ac- semi open world action RPG uh, you, you can roam around the map and whenever you encounter a wild Pokemon, which you will because they are all over the place, you can approach that account encounter in multiple ways. You have Pokeballs just available to you in your hand and you can ha- you can sneak around. You can use like, there's stealth mechanics and you can hide in the tall grass and throw pokeballs oh, really? without even engaging them. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> if you want to engage them in a battle, you can throw your Pokemon out from basically the same menu and engage them in the turn-based battles that we know, which are slightly different. There's a lot of like very there, there are a ton of changes to the battle system. It is st- It still basically functions the way you think it does, but a lot of the moves have been changed and uh, how they work. A lot of the status effects, like sleep, the mm-hmm. status effect no longer works the way you think it does if you've been playing Pokemon for years. Which There's is, a lot of small... I can't
0: think of any other way for sleep to work, actually. I, it works differently. Literally, Okay.
3: Going to sleep. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of like small changes, but the big kind of revolutionary thing is just this way that you engage with Pokemon and, and how you can approach each encounter in so many different ways. And it's so good. It feels so good because you get... You get to engage with Pokemon and their personalities in that way as well. Like some of them, like we're watching the video right now, you walk up on a Bidoof. Badoofs are kind of like dopey, right? They just kind of yeah. wander around. You can throw a Pokeball at one. It'll probably get caught. Very unlikely to break out of the ball. It's not really going to attack you. It's just going to sort of sillily lumber around with its cute little face. Yeah. But you wander down the road a little bit and there's a Shinx. And if it sees you, it's going to go, oh, no, I ain't I ain't dealing with this. And it's just going to like <laughs> charge right at you. And you've got, you've got a dodge roll button and it can actually hurt you the player uh before you can even get a chance to get into a battle with it and so you've got to you've got to kind of time you've got to kind of approach each pokemon differently so Mm. like like a Starly might run away when it sees you too and so you want to make sure you sneak up on it and there's there's all all different variations of that like the pokemon out in the wild have so much personality there's there's a lot of ones later on that i think are really clever like uh they're I, I think I think one that people will be familiar with is nose pass. Uh, if you play Pokemon Go, you know that they their noses always point north. Uh, they absolutely do that. In this it's a good game way to too. find like,
0: yourself out of the woods. Yes,
3: right, mm-hmm. yeah. But they th- there's a lot of little little. I I came up on a, a pseudo wudo at one point, and it was just it was sort of wandering around like and and a little tree guy, and then <laughs> it saw me and it froze. Like I'm going to pretend to be a tree right now.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. that's I love so that. cool. Yeah. It's so
3: cute. Um, and, and I love that. And I that kind of whole system combined with what your told to do in Legends Arceus, which is complete the Pokedex. The whole thing is is about completing the Pokedex. Um, and you're doing this not just by catching Pokemon, but to fully flesh out a Pokemon's entry, you have to do a whole bunch of other things too. like And, and there, it's kind of open-ended. There, there's basically a really long set of tasks and you can complete whichever ones you want toward that end. Uh, but it'll be things like battling a certain number, catching a certain number, seeing them use a certain move that they know. There might be side quests tied to that Pokemon. And you basically flesh out your knowledge and the knowledge of the people around you uh, of these Pokemon. And that's how you finish the Pokedex. And so the whole loop of this game is you go out into an area, you find a bunch of Pokemon, you catch a bunch of Pokemon, you engage with them, battle them in different ways. You take the information back um, and you get various rewards for doing that. And there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other story stuff and other other trappings kind of attached to this, but the core is just catching and battling and looping over and over again, and I—it's so fun. Like all the, all the little tweaks they've made, all the little changes, and just engaging with Pokemon out in the world is—it's so good. It's honestly the best system. It, hmm. it is the best playing Pokemon has ever felt. Okay, I, so, I cannot emphasize how good this is.
2: So everything you're saying gets me excited because it is a—it's a departure for the games which I felt were for me were becoming repetitive. Yes. Um, and and so there's there's a departure, and it's it's a new Pokemon experience, like a Pokemon Snap or you know stories type, like spin off Gaiden game or something. But I can sense the butt is coming, um, because <laughs> yeah. what you were saying just now, all of it sounds like a nine.
3: Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, the world that all this has been dropped into is just. Not very pretty and mm. really empty in like multiple ways, right? Hmm. So, so I, this game does not look good. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really someone who usually cares about that, but I feel like we have gotten to the point on the Nintendo Switch where we have enough open world games with big flowy grasses that we really should be able to do better than this. And it it is kind of atrocious at points. Like Ooh. there are, especially in the later areas. The early areas are a little more fleshed out, but the, the some, two of the later areas that I won't detail because I don't want to spoil it for people, are just really like a lot of the same boring mountainsides over and over with just these really ugly rock textures. And then Pokemon will like like things will pop in and out. Like you'll just kind of be running along and then grass will just kind of like pop up in front of you or something sometimes. Or you'll be flying along and then there'll be like a rock formation that's just like boop. um and it, it does not look good. Uh if you are at a distance from an alpha pokemon like a very very large pokemon so you can still see it it hasn't like faded out yet uh if you're at a certain distance they will move like it looks like stop motion animation (laughs) like their frame rate will just crash and burn um Ah. it it, it looks really bad and i think i think just looking bad would not alone sour me on this game because like i said i don't i don't usually care too much about that but that's kind of combined with the fact that the world just feels so empty Um, Mm. I think, I think some of that is like a little bit intentional because it, it's meant to be a past version of Diamond and Pearl's Sinnoh region. So there's not all these big bustling cities. There's Mm. not, you know, outposts full of people. And I, I understand that. But even just as like a nature filled world. Man, there's just these long stretches of grass and the same <laughs> trees over and over. And there's different Pokemon, maybe, or you might just be running into the same. I, I went into so many caves that I got really excited about. I was like, "Ah, oh, cool cave, whatever." No, it's just full of Zubat again. Uh.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot
3: of moments like Come that. On. I, I realized part way through that what I was really missing was like dungeons. There's no dungeons. Oh no, and it's the dungeon
1: thing, thing again
3: they scrapped gyms they scrapped like an evil team which i think is good i think we needed to get away from the eight gym structure and like the elite four and all that other stuff i'm glad we got rid of that but you've got to replace that with something there's Mm. no there's multiple boss encounters that are really cool but there's just no build up to them you're just kind of wandering around the world doing the same thing you do and then suddenly you're in this big boss fight and man i didn't realize i missed victory road but i do there's just nothing like that There, there's literally one dungeon in the whole game kind of it has one puzzle in it that you do three times it's just like some basic shape matching and that's oh. it and it it just feels it, it's it's not even like the breath of the wild problem where there were like some dungeons but people didn't like how they were executed there's just nothing like that and i mm. there there's like some ruins sitting around but they're kind of nothing. There's some columns toppled over. They don't really have any significance for so it's the like, most part. It's like mist. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just a bit, it feels so empty. And like, mm-hmm. I, I've played enough big open world games that I, I wanted something
1: mm-hmm.
3: more yeah. out of it. Um, And I'll also throw in kind of my other, my other downer is I thought the story was, was really good for a while. Um, I played, there's kind of a, I don't want to spoil it for people, but there's kind of an ending, and then there's another ending. Uh, I played it up to the ending, and I thought, okay, this is fun. There's a lot of loose story threads that I want to see resolved, and I so I played all the way sixty four hours, mind you, wow. to mm. to the the absolute final sto- finishing the final story mission, which is gated behind multiple very grindy collectathons. I will also add, mm. uh, I got all the way there, and the ending was it has. A very cool fight, and then massive disappointment.
1: All right. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Xenoblade Chronicles X for the (laughs) Wii U, a game that also had a massive open world and a lot of interesting kind of gameplay mechanics and everything, but as was notably empty. And Mm. a lot of people kind of went, well, why am I climbing up these repetitive mountains with the bad uh, rock textures and everything? So yeah.
3: the criticism yeah. is
1: very similar to me.
3: Yeah, that sounds exactly right. And to be clear, like NVC's audience, I, if you're listening to this, you're probably a big Pokemon fan. If you're a big Pokemon, you're going to love this. And I, I am okay. a big Pokemon fan and I do love this, but I, I also, it's very hard for me to just take that love without also looking at it and wishing that, Without I think the phrase I use, yeah, the the phrase in my review I think I use is that it the, this is a an incredible system, um, an incredible idea, an incredible like game at its core, but it deserved a much better house to live in. Yeah. like we, we Pokemon fans deserve better, demand better, <laughs> except be nice.
0: It's almost as though you took a critical look at a game uh, that you were reviewing, <laughs> and unbelievable. Yeah, look, there uh, yeah. there there are games in
2: in Nintendo's history that are like that, you know, and and, and I think you have the special factor here that the team is technically not that great. So it is, you know, working on hardware like Switch takes some expertise to pull it off does. these big ambitious games with open worlds and far drawing distances and all of that and obviously they're using tricks like dropping the, uh, you know, the animation uh, frames down to like 15 or something. Like, But, but it, it kind of reminds me of Luigi's Mansion started with a game where everything felt and looked good but it kind of didn't it didn't get past the kind of like seven range for rating for me because it was so short and it was so compact and it didn't play with these gameplay elements and expand on them in interesting ways. And it sounds a little bit like there's so many great ideas here and this might be like the first step in creating something really special, but it's missing that, you know, that final... That final thing, whatever it's it might be, a proof of concept
3: yeah. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But it does. I yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say it feels like a tech demo because I think that is like way meaner than I intend it to sound. But there are so many moments where I thought this this feels like a game that's a year out.
0: Mm. Mm. Do you want to hear my? From you want to hear my conspiracy theory? Sure. Yeah, my unhinged conspiracy theory. When we we first saw this game when they first showed it off, I remember thinking like, no way is it going to look that good in a Nintendo Switch. My conspiracy theory is this was supposed to be a launch game for the Switch's (laughs) successor or a Switch Pro that never materialized because of the global uh, chip shortage and supply chain disruption.
1: You will never know if that's true, and it doesn't matter if it is or not, because I believe (laughs) it in my heart. When Reb was describing it to me, my first thought was, oh, I'm going to really like this game, because I have a tendency toward experimental, somewhat open-ended games, and I think I tired long ago of pokemon's actual story campaigns when you said oh i sure wish that there were dungeons my first thought was i don't (laughs) i don't miss (laughs) those dungeons because they're really rote they don't provide any particular challenge and i find the puzzles to be really contrived so i'm kind of glad that they didn't try to force that into this experience if anything i think there's a purity of vision with Pokemon Legends Arceus, I mean, just look at the way that they do the character models and the individual Pokemon. It's obvious that they put a lot of their graphical effort into getting those elements right, making those elements really attractive. And also I think that, I mean, you were talking earlier, Reb, about how amazing the actual gameplay is on a moment-to-moment basis, how much fun the actual battle system is. And it's clear to me that they're like, this is what We want to pursue, and we got a really great core concept here. And I think I I applaud that, honestly. If anything, um, I I do think that as reviewers, we do tend to put a little bit too much um, emphasis on, and this isn't meant to be a shot at you or anything, Rev, just a general observation, which is to say that we put a lot of emphasis on polish and graphical fidelity of these open world games and maybe not as much thought into whether or not the actual core gameplay concepts actually come together. So I think that, I mean, I may end up agreeing with you, Reb, ultimately, but I I really want to, I'm really excited to hear how great the actual gameplay comes together.
3: Yeah, it does. I just it like I said, if it was just a visual thing, I wouldn't be so hard on it, but it's it's that kind of on top of the fact that just the world itself feels unfinished. And I I think mm. it I think it feels feels more unfinished the further you get along. Um I think the first couple areas have a little more variety and a little more a, a little more of interest going on. But yeah, especially once you get to the last couple areas, it, yeah, it, it just feels like there was supposed to be more time or they had they had ideas. There there are a lot of locations that are named similarly to locations in uh Diamond and Pearl. Like there's there's one in the first area actually. Uh, if you if you know Orberg City, there's a place called Or Or Orboro Tunnel. And you can go over there and like this is one of those caves where I was like, oh, this is Orberg Tunnel. Like, there's going to be something cool in here. I bet there's a cool Pokemon or something. And I, I went inside, and, like, it's it's an empty, boring tunnel. Ah. With, it's, like, also one straight line. Like, nothing, no, not even, like, a, a cave off to the side or something with some Machops in the middle. And that's... Yeah that's the end of it. And I'm like, wow, this was massively (laughs) anticlimactic. And I had so many of those moments where I got really excited because I thought I was coming up on something cool. And then it just, it fell flat when I actually got there. And I think, I I think, I think that's it was a lot of, it was a lot of me playing and being like, oh yeah, I'm having such a nice time. And then suddenly going, oh, why did they do that? Ah, (laughs) and then going back to playing.
0: (laughs) Wow. that's a that's a bummer because for me personally you know the draw of open world games and why it's my favorite genre is for kind of what you were describing like you find a cave and you go inside yeah. and there's some treasure or there's some interesting bosses or like a weird little story quest and to, to hear that there's not that is kind of disappointing um i because you know most of what i was looking forward to with pokemon legends arceus was the open world aspect of it i'm Obviously, I'm still gonna play it. Of course, probably enjoy myself. When you but. say
1: open world, do you mean something like Assassin's Creed or something more? No, like no, no, Breath no. I Wild? mean something like Red Dead uh, Redemption Two, something like Breath of the Wild, so, like, something like really Skyrim. Really intense side quests and a lot of story oh, Well, points. I just like to.
0: I, I'll, you know, I've of, of the three games that I just mentioned. Oh, uh, I the only one that I've ever actually beaten was Breath of the Wild, hmm. uh, Red Dead Redemption are- Two, and Skyrim. I just I loved just never completing any of the story. I just
1: loved (laughs) living in that world and,
0: you know, doing the things that its inhabitants
1: there's a difference between trying to create an open world that you're living in and Red Dead Redemption 2 does an incredible job of making this world feel lived in. And Breath of the Wild, which is more of like a true sandbox, like a giant playground. Yeah. And Legends Arceus is definitely going in that direction, I think.
3: Mm. yeah well they are so i said they will say there are side quests like there absolutely are they're just i i think not quite the thing the kind of side quests you're describing but there there are side quests that okay. are, actu- are actually are actually pretty they're fine failure um, solid
0: 5 is also like one of my favorite and all i did on that one was just try to s rank every stupid like you know porto potty uh camp level <laughs>
3: <laughs> but kat to your point about breath of the wild i do absolutely think they're chasing breath of the wild and i i if you had asked me that when they first showed the trailer, I was kind of dunking on people for doing the whole thing where someone shows a trailer with a bunch of flowing grass and going, look, it's like Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, no, it's not like Breath of the Wild. Not everything with grass is Breath of the Wild. Oh, no, they're absolutely chasing Breath of the Wild here. And I, this is a very <laughs> weird thing. But I, the reason why I think that is because when you play, you will notice the UI and like the way quests pop up with like a little banner and a little sound effect is it, it's spot on Breath of the Wild. That's like so they, funny. It, it is weird. It is like a weird similarity. Also the music too. They have that little kind of like tinkly piano thing. Um, there's like, they, they followed breath of the wild and those elements, but then I don't, yeah, I don't think it quite hits the sandbox. They got the Pokemon stuff down, which I guess is the thing you want to get right about Pokemon. Right? Yeah, Like they, they got all the Pokemon stuff down, yep. but actually making Hisui into a, a world, a mm. world that feels like it has a personality and things and things about it that are meaningful if you if you step away from the pokemon for even 2 seconds it's just not there
2: that's funny when i first saw it i thought okay they're trying to they're trying to create monster hunter basically doing pokemon monster hunter huge franchise in japan despite the visual similarities i thought they would kind of maybe chunk up the world into smaller pieces and then focus on some sort of co-op aspect and really really follow in that route but yeah it's it's interesting that it is in the end closer to breath of the wild
1: yeah. Rev, what my question is, and we were talking about this uh, like offline, but I'm wondering, you were saying that it, you mainly played docked on the television. How is the yeah. handheld experience like? How do they compare?
3: Marginally better, but still, okay. same pro- is the same problems but slightly less basically. So better
1: yeah. on handheld than docked, I thought. so. Yeah,
3: but not yeah. not significantly. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting,
0: uh, and. By the time this episode is up, will your review uh, be available to, for people to read? Yes.
3: Yes, absolutely. So the review, all your the thoughts. review should actually be going up at the same time as this episode. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah, really and I, cool. I, I, I beg people to, like, please read the review. I This is the hardest game <laughs> That's i an evergreen
0: ever... statement. Right. <laughs> this
3: is the hardest game I've ever had to score because I, I do not think a number effectively encapsulates how I feel about this. I, To be clear, like, I love so much of this game. I love how ambitious they're being. I love, I love ambitious games that do like what Kat said, weird experimental stuff. And I think this is an experiment that the actual experiment worked. I want them to make more of this. This is, this is great. And I think Pokemon fans will eat this up. Uh, I just, I, it, it's not in the thing It's encased in is not working for me. Like there's, there's too much frustration. Um, there, there are too much uh, there's, there's too much to sort of like disappointment um, in in the world that is it is in like I said the the second act is is very grindy um, I will also add this is not actually a knock against legends Arceus. I personally think this is a, a good thing it is it is difficult like it is actually a difficult game uh, both because of the addition, addition of the action mechanics but also I feel like damage has just turned up like they just turn up the volume on how much damage everything does to you uh, so as far the Pokemon franchise is has historically been a fairly accessible franchise just for for the sheer reason that it has been like slow and turn based, like you can basically just press it one button at a time and still effectively play the whole game. Uh, not so here. So like maybe little kids who would normally love Pokemon but have more trouble with the, these kinds of mechanics, or if for whatever reason these kinds of mechanics are not for you, maybe. I don't know, play it at a friend's place first and just make sure. Because uh, it, it is really hard, um, especially there's a couple fights near the end that are just kind of bonkers.
0: Mm. No, that's kind of a, a bummer
1: to you. Well, I I'm just love super the intrigued now. Right.
3: I just love that the yeah. Pokemon
1: are trying to murder you. I think. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. oh, it's great. That bit's great. I... I had to go take a clip for the video review. I had to go redo a clip uh, just a few minutes ago. There's a there's a giant rapid ash in the one of the first the first area that you can just kind of trip over really early on and it's it's a, a super high level for where you're at and it's huge, it's got these red eyes, and it just it's you know, cool. re- rears up and just comes charging at you. Oh, it's so cool. It knocked me right across the prairie. Getting hyper beamed off an island by a chancy rules. <laughs>
0: oh my god.
1: <laughs> what a statement. That's awesome. <laughs> I cannot think, wait.
0: Uh, will we be discussing this next time we revise our top twenty-five Nintendo Switch games list? Will this?
3: <sighs> I. This is me trying to be real about where other people are going to sit on it. I think mm-hmm. we will, just because I think okay. I think the vast majority of people are going to come out of it higher on it than me than I was. Which, the which reviews I hate were saying. really good. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I haven't read any other reviews. I, this, but at, at the yeah, point right. we're recording this, I haven't read any reviews. That's yet. fair. Uh, yeah. But I, I do know that people are really, really high on it. And I, I understand why they are. I yeah. I just found it very, very... I, well, I found it impossible to sort of find a score that effectively encapsulated both what I felt about what the game was trying to do and succeeding in, but also effectively conveyed the fact that there were things that it really needed to step it yeah. up on. I think, I think it needed another year. I think if it yeah. had, had another year it would have been like a dynamite. Like a game of the generation kind of thing. Honestly. Yeah. Like I,
1: uh, I'm surprised that they didn't give it another year. I mean, I don't think that gen nine (laughs) is coming out this year. So why wouldn't they give it until the fall so that it could be a a fall temple release, unless they're afraid of it bumping into breath of the wild too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they really should have just left it a year and like have it come out in 2023 or something. Yeah.
3: I hope we get DLC. I was kind of thinking we might get DLC later this year. This is based on nothing. I have no insider knowledge. Um, And this also, well, there are many story threads. I will also say, if you think about anything that's happening in this game for longer than five minutes, uh, this story is really dark, actually.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Cool. Yeah, I think I'm actually gonna write an op-ed on it in like a week or two when people are less afraid of spoilers because it's kind of messed up. So the, here's the uh, quote-unquote
1: adult Pokemon that people have been wanting for so long.
3: But nice. the story story threads never get wrapped up by the end, which mm-hmm. either makes me think that they just didn't want to finish the story, or there's DLC. So I don't know.
0: Well, I guess we'll find out later on this year. It's, it sounds to me like this is this could be a like Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Two. Kind of deal where Assassin's Creed wasn't that great, but it had a lot of great ideas and was still fun. And then Assassin's Creed
1: Two was just like super I'm excited great. to jump into it. Honestly, I'm excited. Yeah. To- it looks I'm- really. Oh, I, th- I think
3: you'll love it. I think you yeah. will love it. It's it's great. Uh, let me know if you're having trouble finding any Pokemon because I have found them all.
1: Catch them all. Monitor my Twitter it. account because I think that. Probably I'll be tweeting very enthusiastically about it in the next week or so. Yeah. Going, how are people <laughs> sleeping on this? It's incredible. I don't think anybody's going to sleep on it.
3: Can yeah, it's a no. Pokemon
0: game. Yeah, True. the the Facebook uh, NBC group is like is very excited about yeah. this. But yeah, uh, I, Rh- I
3: think that I think they will love it. I am really excited for yeah. them to love it. I I am excited for other people to enjoy it and for me to go to sleep.
0: And it's super important <laughs> to know that uh, anything this year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, The Boston Bruins home opener, I went to watch it, and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was... that Reb didn't like about it will not change how you feel about it. That's how That's Reb true. feels about Preposterous. It. gonna Preposterous. Feel- I, th- I, I think
3: the NBC audience will be lovely. They always Yeah, are. the
0: NBC audience, we have the best audience in all of podcasting, period. That's and right. I, I, we I love you all. Actually. You're so great. Yeah, wonderful people. Uh, I brought up the top 25 Nintendo Switch games uh, because it turns out that after some slack bag... Sc- just awful editor set on it for like a year. Hmm. Didn't update it. That was me. And I'm sorry, Lucy. and I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, we revised the top 25 Nintendo switch games list. And it is uh, currently in production right now. We're just getting a couple blurbs and then Kevin Lee is going to put it together and we'll obviously, you know, share it with you but there were some shakeups oh no uh, oh god there were some shakeups <laughs> we there were all some there heated...
1: there were some heated arguments
0: there it... were some heated mm-hmm. heated discussions and unfortunately i had to do something else so i you know i <laughs> just like with this show i just let cat do all the actual um, work to make it good he made so... a mistake and it
1: allowed me to take over at the end that's like okay. no, that, we were the, all in
3: this meeting and there were multiple points where one of us i think it's first pair and then seth and then me had to leave and it was every time it was a okay i'm leaving don't take x off the list don't mess <laughs> this up pair left he's like don't touch xenoblade and then i think we spent another 30 minutes arguing about xenoblade
2: yeah and then yeah the moment i was gone cat deleted my favorites
3: <laughs> oh what did i delete no i don't i don't think you did no yeah. i'm not revealing what's on I, the list i'm just saying I, we argued about xenoblade for i a while.
2: you know and and this is absolutely there's no Picross game on it i love those games but they're not in the top <laughs> 25 no but like games like steam world dig Two, i just feel very strongly should be on the list i'm mm. probably a bigger fire emblem fan or mario kart um a fan than than others so th- those games whenever they get bumped to spot
1: my heart. I love Three Houses, and maybe because I love it so much, I'm that more, that much more attuned to mm-hmm. its individual weaknesses. So, yeah. Mm. Mm.
2: But but that's where it gets complicated when you get a brand new game like um, a Metroid Dread, which I absolutely love to pieces, and I think it's such a compact, awesome experience. You know, that you can have in ten hours and then you compare it to something like Fire Emblem where it's basically like you bought a house, you move in, <laughs> you had a house on campus, you move in. Three and you, houses as a you, matter of fact. You're with that game, you know, for weeks or, you know, some people for months or years. And um it's always tough to then create this road ladder ranking going like, Yeah, ah, Metroid Dread is three points higher than Fire Emblem. Yeah.
3: I also, I mean, not to drag this back to Pokemon, but I I feel that way anytime there's any attempt to like rank or score things mm-hmm. because I yeah. one of the, one of the discussions, well, it was, it was more of a joke argument, that, but the cat and I were having were about Pokemon Sword and Shield and Pokemon Brilliant Di- <laughs> Diamond and Shining Pearl, and like like I I'm scoring Diamond and Pearl very differently than I am Legends Arceus, but it's it's like for completely different reasons and they're two completely different genres. And it's, it's like trying to compare two different games with two completely different ambitions and goals. And yet you're putting them on the same scale with one another. And so I feel like the ranking yeah. list is like that too. Like we were arguing about Animal Crossing and Metroid Dread at one point, And it's like, these yep. are literally two, these games are the opposite. They're so opposite, opposite games. But well, you can measure
1: a game on, for example, its impact, how well it's actually made, whether it's held up over a period of time. And if you take into account those things, you start to get a clearer picture of where it maybe needs to stand on the list. It's some, in my other podcast, that's how we end up deciding whether or not a game goes into the quote unquote pantheon, right? So yeah, yeah, like (laughs) Rev, you might appreciate this. I was reading a best ever wrestlers list recently (laughs) for some reason. I have no idea why. And they went and they kind of broke it down. They're like, how is this person in the ring? Like, what is their historical impact on the sport? Like they added their own like thoughts and that did a really good job of kind of making an argument. But I, it is, I agree, difficult to compare, say animal crossing and Metroid dread. We did have a lengthy argument about, Metroid Dread versus Hollow Knight. And I was kind of surprised by how much we were, the the conversation, the panel, I suppose you could say, was underrating Hollow Knight in many ways. Uh, Maybe because it's been out for a while, I'm not sure. But to me, Hollow Knight is the, the peak metroidvania experience and has done so yeah. much to define the genre over the past like several years and it I found agree. its full expression on the nintendo switch
2: yeah look it's you know who's better van gogh or Sora, right like it's like yeah. i really love the style the look and ev- everything around metroid you know that character and i have a, a much closer relationship with that series than with hollow Knight. i can acknowledge hollow Knight for doing a lot of things well but like just nothing feels like To me, like booting up the OG and and playing a Metroid game versus modern Metroidvanias, it's tough. And then ranking Nintendo Switch games is doubly difficult now because so many games are re-releases and derivative of previous ones, right? Like even Breath of the Wild, the what I would consider to be the best game on Switch, also appeared on another platform, right? Um, Animal Crossing is very similar to the games that came before, even though it expands on it and does some things, you know, many things better than its predecessors. Mario Kart is a re-release with an added battle mode. So it's very difficult. And then you get into games like you get Skyward Sword, which I really enjoyed a lot more. Or, you know, you get New Super Mario Bros. re-release. Like, it's... um, they're not making it easy for us.
3: Yeah. I'll also add to sort of two points that Cat has made separately. You know, you're talk on Blood God you talk about a game's impact over time and Dread is a really tough one because that just came out. We no one can say at this time what its impact is because mm-hmm. we just don't know. Hollow Knight we can probably pretty safely gauge, but Dread, you know, maybe in 2-3 years we will have a completely different opinion on one way or the other. Like we mm. might Cat and I might be going, actually, Metroid Dread really shook up X, Y, and Z, and we didn't mm-hmm. realize it at the time. It's so already we we having say a huge no impact it. on
1: the Metroid speedrunning scene. Put sure. it back yeah. on track is- for
2: sure. I, yeah, I feel like this is a reversal in where they were going, and yeah. it's good. Yeah, Yeah, but no, it's a good point. Like, you know, and that's why we update these lists frequently and why it's not just about adding a new game that was released to the list, but actually taking a new look at the list. Sometimes our panel of judges has changed too, right? Like, so somebody comes in who loves a, a franchise more than another. So, but that's, that's the fun.
1: Yeah, I Ring wasn't Fit here last never year.
3: Leave, Ring Fit will never leave that list as long as I work at IGN. <laughs> there
0: you go.
1: Don't worry, <laughs> Rev. I'm with you. I got your back.
0: I love Thanks. that game. That's great. Spoiler is uh, Astral Chain was bumped because Mitchell <laughs> wasn't there. That's it, so. because
1: Mitchell Saltzman wasn't around.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, and- yeah, that... Go ahead, pair. No, I mean the when when we post a list, the the comments are inevitably filled with "Where is game X? Where is yeah. game Y?" Right? Like that's everything, and the answer is always it's number twenty six.
1: Every <laughs> yeah. single game yep. you're missing is number twenty six. Love number twenty six.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really good, but it just didn't quite make it.
0: Hey, maybe we should uh, figure out a way we can invite the audience to meaningfully contribute their own sort of opinions so that they don't just get lost in the comments telling us why we're wrong.
2: I actually, I actually wanted to do this as an April Fool's once where we uh, we create a new way of making lists where our list changes whenever a comment is posted. <laughs> and just be, because like they, like they the comments are always like, I can't believe this is the worst list ever. Blah, blah, blah should be number one. The next comment is like, this is the worst list ever. The other game should be number one. You're like, you guys are disagreeing with each other. It'd be really fun to just kind of have the list change in real time according to comments. Yeah,
0: ooh, I'm thinking of a little now,
1: Ajax
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: script going on there you go yeah activity yeah
1: yeah, yeah. the funny thing is that i go uh people take lists too seriously and then i'll read some other (laughs) publications list and i'll go what that's no way that should be number one what are you doing Uh, yeah yeah
2: and and Kat got really mad at us in the meeting so she can't she can't pretend (laughs) that she doesn't care like there was a very heated debate around pokemons
1: yes where rev and i I got into it about sword and shield because she's a she's a hater
3: I'm not <laughs> a hater. I like every Pokemon game, at least some. Sure. I just don't think Sword and Shield is better than a lot of games it is above on that list. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
2: all. At one point, Cat pulled the Darksaber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. And I think that was actually the first uh, list uh, meeting that I've been a part of, even though I've been here for like almost four years now. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. How, how did you yeah. escape them? Did
3: they let you run it? I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I volunteered to run it because Lucy had asked me before and I was like, yeah, yeah I'll get right on it. And I never did. And I felt like horrible. About Honestly, that. y'all so should like, just
1: ban me from those meetings because no, I'm just going to no. come in no, with my wouldn't. very strong opinions and completely derail the meeting.
0: I think we just need to bring back uh, member blogs so that we can all just do our own and then you know link to it on the show. Mm, like, this there you, what, you go. Know, I love Bailey's- that. Yeah. Hey. I, I used to remember blogs. That's how I got the into the games industry. <sighs> that's I, my one up blog. I That's the exact yep. same thing. I caught Seth the eye. and I were Scott one sharky. up pals yep. back in the day. Way back. <laughs> so there it is. Look for that new top 25 list on IGN.com. That's the website that we all work for,
1: mm-hmm. by the
0: way. So here's an interesting topic. Did you know that Shigeru Miyamoto <laughs> hated Navi from N, uh, from, Excuse me. Join the club, Shigeru
1: Miyamoto. Yes, (laughs) yeah,
0: we absolutely agree. This is something that I didn't, I did not know that Shigeru Miyamoto was capable of anything but exuberance and positivity. But he Mm -hmm. actually didn't. He did. He well, in my mind,
1: he's this you know godlike angelic figure. He's quite uh, famous for his very harsh criticism. Like yeah. he walked into Retro Studios and took one look at Metro Prime and said, "Fix this, 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 <laughs> this." Like he's very, he's famously detail-oriented. And yeah. oh yeah, blunt. I love yes. yeah. It's different than just being like full of hatred, though.
0: Like, yeah, you get enough mm-hmm. of that on.
1: No, well, that's me. Forums right here.
0: Yeah. Oh, no,
3: <laughs> no, that Dad. is not true at all. So Pat, you're nice. <laughs> yeah. in
0: my heart. So, so <laughs> <laughs> this is incorrect. This is a by the way. This is an interview from a uh, strategy guide for Ocarina of Time. Uh, that was originally published in 1999 remember that wow. year that was, like, that was a really good year it's that old. Was, okay the
2: the comment yeah. is that old he realized yeah. fast then yeah yeah <laughs> uh, this is
1: translated by we all knew by 1999 how bad Navi was
0: yeah, yeah. that
2: is yeah.
1: true
0: but the quote is uh this is from miyamoto saying quote i think the whole system with navi giving you advice is the biggest weak point of hmm. ocarina of time and he said we purposely left her at kind of a stupid level Ah, uh, he said that adding, or wait, oh, what am I writing here? Ah, uh, adding more hints that were. Oh, excuse me, making her more sophisticated than that stupidity of Navi's comments would have stood out even more. And he wanted to remove Navi entirely, but he said ultimately it would have been unfriendly to players because the idea with Navi was that you know you you played Ocarina, you put it down, you come back a month later, and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? And she would help you by saying, hey.
2: Yeah. Listen. So so there, there, there are certain parts of Navi that I really like. For example, using Navi as a target. And like they yeah. added the little yellow spinny thing to make it more obvious. But I, I think it started as Navi shows you what you are locked onto and what where you can go. And I, I really love that because at the time we do needed a little bit of help understanding what you can interact with in this 3D world and what you can't and all of that. But they made the mistake of then thinking that in an open-world game, when you're exploring, that it was a good idea to constantly go, hey, do this other thing. Hey, do this yeah. other thing, right? And that's where it got annoying. And I'm glad that they realized that very early on and then ignored their own advice and did it again with Skyward Sword. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, they're obviously... I'm I'm half-joking, but they're, they're definitely... You can see in the progression of Zelda games, they lessened that kind of hand-holding and they even yeah. let you turn it off in certain games. And that was sorely needed because... We went from something very focused, like the think of you know the yeah like the Zelda two right, where it's a very focused game, to something where you can just get lost in the game, just mess around with the sandbox mechanics, and you don't want anybody to tap you on the shoulder and go like, "Hey, are you procrastinating on your homework? You should be going to Kakariko (laughs) Village now, right?" Like, I'm glad that they learned their lesson, and obviously, Breath of the Wild is a prime example of a game that when you need help, it's there, but. It doesn't constantly remind you. Yeah.
1: Who is the best helper that Link ever had? And why is it Midna? <laughs> there you mm. go. <laughs> it is Midna. I just yep. want to send a shout out to Shmuplations, by the way, yes. the organization that translated this interview. Mm. If you ever want, uh, there's such an incredible resource for old interviews that were published exclusively in Japan that you can find like con- at a contemporary point, because often they're filled with really fabulous stories, and especially around like Final Fantasy, now Nintendo, that kind of thing. So I really urge you to check it out.
0: yeah it's really it's translated really well like it was it's not just translated it's actually localized so it sounds like human speech rather than thrown into google analytics and you should absolutely check out shmup the full interview on shmuplations it's on the nvc twitter timeline actually you know what i'm gonna pin that after the show um it's a really like incredible interview it gives like some insight into sort of miyamoto's process and what he believes that a game should be and how games should play and you know the priorities when he's thinking these things through we also learned things like from this very same interview the original zelda was going to be just dungeons no overworld whatsoever which is weird because i always remember mm-hmm. hearing the story that he came up with the idea for zelda from like going out in the woods around his house mm-hmm. and you know i never heard that oh no I, I got the idea from going into the dungeons around my house so you know we'll hmm. see that but apparently Chain Chomp was also gonna appear in uh Ocarina of Time, just like in um Link's Awakening. Which one
1: he really yes, enjoyed that Link's idea, Awakening. didn't he? The whole mm-hmm. Chain Chomp thing. Loved love the Chain Chomp. I Old can't remember die why, hard.
0: I don't remember what his reason was for removing the
1: Chain Chomp, but <laughs> there was a else. Chain Chomp in Link's Awakening. Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Didn't yeah. they put uh Kirby in Link's Awakening too?
1: Yep. They did.
3: It yeah.
0: should we should yeah. have
2: Kirby a in
3: every game. game. Curb yeah, more curb. Well, curb Ocar- should be in
2: every game. Ocarina of Time already had a Mario reference in it, though. You can look through the window in the in the castle. So maybe he felt like he didn't want to wait do really too
0: much. Yeah. What What's this smart I, I, I'm. There are pictures on already. the wall.
2: You gotta go, go talk to go where you first meet Princess Zelda and and look through the windows, man.
1: I. So,
0: huh. I, I just, I guess I'm not a
2: creep.
1: And in Link's Awakening, into... they have the photograph, the signed photograph of
0: mm-hmm. Princess Peach as well. <laughs> wow. Well, that's awesome. Now, see, I've learned even more today, right here on NBC. You want to learn something now? We're going to learn about Kat's latest take. Cat, please give us your wisdom with your cat take for the week.
1: I have takes, Seth. in this week, Let's, I love to. Everybody I'm gonna... loves the cat take. <laughs> Thank you. And this week, I'm going to rank all of the core Pokemon games in two minutes or less. If you follow me on Twitter, (laughs) you've already seen this take. But I'm just going to share it with all of you. Here we go. Number nine. (laughs) Number nine, OG, red, blue, and yellow. Number eight, platinum. Number seven, sword and shield. Number six, fire, red, leaf, green. Number five, black, white. Number four, heart, gold, and soul, silver. Number three, emerald. Number two, black two and white two. And number one. Pokemon Crystal. And then all the rest, Ooh. you know, they're in some order. I don't care. Sword and Moon, <laughs> so, uh, Sun and Moon, get out of here. X and Y, pfft, nobody likes you, you. Great. I love X that's and y. actually actually, there's X and Y nostalgia now, and that's fine. It's like whatever. That's the Pokemon kind of cycle. You're going to fall in the one that you ended up playing for the very first time. Mm-hmm. But Pokemon Crystal is the apex of the original Pokemon form. It took gold and silver, which were already a giant improvement on red and blue. It made it even better. I love the Suicune side quest. It's so mysterious. If you like Pokemon Legends Arceus, go play Pokemon Crystal on your analog pocket if you're able to get one. So, Oh, and also Pokemon Crystal was the first game in the series to include a female character. So that's even yeah, better. Interesting. I want to see the Reb Reaction cat. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. Okay. Reb Reaction cam. No,
3: forget the rest of our list. Kat, I did not know you were a Pokemon Crystal stand too. I mean, come oh, on. That okay. is also Best my one. favorite Pokemon game. Yes. It's
1: so good. I mean, and if you go back to how it was back in the day, the fact that it connected with the original red and blue and allowed you to mm-hmm. import Pokemon, mm-hmm. but not just import Pokemon, be able to make changes. Like They had a really sophisticated system there. They had the day-night system and the day-of-the-week system. It was so big that uh, uh, Iwata himself like had to work really hard to get it programmed. He saved that game. We managed to cram in the entire oh. Kanto region into that game. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. I love that game so much.
3: Wasn't it also their first crack at animated sprites, too?
1: I believe it was, yes. And then yeah. Ruby and Sapphire came out and they took away the day night system. <laughs> they took away the animated sprites and in many ways it was a huge step back after mm. Pokemon yeah, Crystal. So, but Crystal is maybe the only Pokemon game that I would actually go back to. Like the rest so good. they're fine, but Crystal, the story, the world design, I love the Johto region so much. Ah, uh, the actual new Pokemon that were added to the Pokedex. The gym leaders like Claire. Oh, it's wonderful. So
3: that's so is, good. This is the best take you've ever had. Oh, thank wow. you. See Rem and I <laughs> also, get along. Chris, Chris got done so dirty in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. She I did. love those remakes, but yeah. who is whoever this Lyra person is, or whoever that was? No, Chris. Chris should have been it.
0: Is there no way to play it other than an original cart?
3: No, you can play it. Was on the, it was on.
1: Uh, it was on. three Yes. Yeah. Yeah. East oh, South. OK. OK. My big so hope then. is that they release uh, the Pokemon games on the Nintendo Switch so that we can much more easily connect all of them to Pokemon home. I mean, yeah. they're, they're already connected, but uh, it would just be easier if they were all right there on Nintendo Switch. But yeah, is a good idea for Nintendo to get people to buy the expansion pass. Just put all those old Pokemon games on there. Everyone will be like $45. What a bargain. People love to talk about how red and blue, like they always put red and blue at the top because it was the first ones. But mm-hmm. uh, Gen Two, Gold, Silver, and Crystal, just they bettered the original games in every conceivable way. And red, blue, and yellow are still really fun to play from a nostalgia standpoint. The the core concept is really strong and everything. But in terms of like actually ranking them in the core games. Uh, yeah, they're fine. But also underrated <laughs> Black 2 and White 2 with the Pokemon World Tournament. So good. Yeah, good. Love it that's, so much. <laughs> those are the ones that my
0: son, who's almost 18, is nostalgic for, are mm. the, the black and white games. He's like, oh, those are the
1: best ones ever. Like, the games yeah. that made you black and white have become the de facto, everybody loves these games because that's the one where they have yep. the character who is calling out the very concept of Pokemon. Uh, and yeah, black and white, I... I have a lot of love uh, for the They fetch a, that generation a pretty too. good
0: premium on eBay uh, yeah. right now, actually, too. So those are games that
3: I feel I didn't like back. They fall into the same bucket as Diamond and Pearl for me, and that they're games I feel like I didn't like very much back in the day. But I think if I played them again, or if there was ever a remake, I'd probably like them a lot more.
1: The problem with so Black and White was the last time the series was kind of pure, and then come X and Y, they started adding a lot of gimmicks, like the mega evolutions and whatnot. And I know people love the mega evolutions, but that's some Digimon crap right there. Get this <laughs> out of here. It really is. Well, that was a cat
0: take within a cat take. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, thank you, Cat, for ranking the the, uh, the Pokemon games. I'm excited to see what people in the comments have to say about it or complain about it. But I think they'll be, you know, seeing everybody or seeing Reb is like a big Crystal fan as well. Like I think, yeah. I think your list stands pretty well. Let's let's hit the news. Uh, hey, we were just talking about Ocarina of Time. You can go back and play it and have a little bit less input lag, apparently. I haven't tried it out myself, but uh, they've patched the uh, N64 emulation on Nintendo Switch Online just in time for Majora's Mask, which is coming out next mm-hmm. week. I've never played Majora's Mask, so I'm excited because everyone talks about it all the time. Oh, my God, Majora's Mask. I am just the There's biggest fan. a good fan. version on 3DS, so you could probably pick up. My, I have it somewhere. My son actually loved it and played it. Uh, I think he played it all the way through to the end. And then, you know, as tiny cartridges are apt to do in the hands of uh, 13-year-old boys, I haven't seen it since, so oh no, uh, it's it's yeah. really pretty
2: in 3D too. Honestly, I think yeah. it's worth replaying on the on the 3DS with the 3D turned on. All right, it's, well, I'll have to go try to find it's, it. It's a wonderful, very different, dark, strange adventure. I'm I think it's great that it's coming out. Um, definitely, we're seeing a cadence of Nintendo releasing one N64 game on this service now, huh? which yeah. is, Her It's mom. so funny they've forgotten Her that they have SE, uh, Super NES games left that they or could Sega Genesis to.
1: games
0: or <laughs> yeah. any yeah or NES games or it it's, it's so whatever.
2: strange like yeah. seriously it's a bit it's of a bummer but give people Earthbound you fools
0: yeah hey speaking of things that also aren't on Nintendo Switch EA mm-hmm. announced three three new Star Wars games and it's probably none of those are going to come you don't know. The, uh,
2: what is, X- is
1: Star Wars Tetris? We don't know, but the we're going to get Star Wars cause... Tetris. <laughs> the XCOM strategy game could come to Nintendo Switch, but uh, definitely not Jedi Fallen Order two. No, no, and yeah. definitely not the shooter. So yeah, but no. maybe it's Cloud. A, uh, please God, well no. that doesn't. I mean, I it, doesn't it, but it doesn't count. It doesn't count. I think count. EA. Um, it's interesting to see EA recommit. To Star Wars, uh, this hard like they're going. Nope, we're not done with this series. We're still here. We just yeah. even though we don't have the exclusives, I am actually. I thought Jedi: Fallen Order one was pretty good, and so yeah. I look forward to playing Jedi: Fallen Order two. And I'm really hopeful about the the Star Wars XCOM game. I, I hope it's a lot better than Midnight Suns looks because I'm not yep. excited about Midnight Suns. The whole there
3: was. Oh, I was going to say there was about a year long period on EA earnings calls where every single earnings call, one of the during the Q&A, one of the investors who was asking a question would always ask about Sims 4 on the switch mm-hmm. like, for like every quarter he would ask same person would ask about sims 4 on the switch and the answer was always like this lukewarm we love our relationship with nintendo etc mm. etc but i i wonder whatever happened to that person and why they're not asking about sims 4 on the switch anymore
2: well i think yeah i got tired like of, of, of ea uh i mean it, i was the person who always said why didn't you put the plants versus zombies games on the on the switch right like they're right? ea is sometimes very very strange in that because Madden or FIFA don't work that well. And obviously they only commit to the bare bones versions on the switch. Uh, well, version FIFA, um, they, they kind of, they kind of stop caring about the platform and they really only care about the PC plus Xbox plus PlayStation, uh, world. Right. Um, but strange, but they have this really deep library of titles that could be adapted for switch. You know, PVZ was a great example where they just waited so long that nobody cared anymore. Um, Sims is an example of a mainstream franchise that, to this day, still performs incredibly well. Yes, lots of PC players, different audience, more of an Animal Crossing audience than an audience comparable to EA's other titles like Sports and all that. Much more female audience too, and yet they kind of they ignore it and never it think would about kill adapting on it. For Switch. It yeah. would do so
0: well.
1: The EA's it's, been it's so bad for the past decade.
0: They're compounding publisher. You can't even play Peggle. Unless you boot up your Xbox 360. Let's see now. I think it's, I think it's backwards compatible.
2: Now we're just now you're just making me mad because PopCap was such a great development team. They created yeah. casual games that even core gamers could really enjoy. And oh, EA acquired that. them and really, I mean, that was the end of the kind of. The puzzle and and kind of like fun game I- invention that we got out of PopCap. Yep. So, so I'm, I'm yeah. by the way, I, I think EA has lots of good games. You know, I like I like what they've done. The yeah. direction with Star Wars is great. Um, had had a lot of fun with that game. Um, but yeah, sometimes there are these confounding things. Um, fix them. I
1: think EA is terrible. <laughs> Their last several years have been awful. They they have respawn. If not for respawn, I mean, Apex Legends came out. And Jedi mm. Fallen Order came out and it was a giant sigh of relief because they hadn't had a good start. Had, they hadn't had a good game in years and years at that point. Every game kept coming out and being a total disaster, especially yeah. from Bioware like Mass Effect Andromeda and yeah. Anthem and all that. And look, I'm a sports gamer, I'll admit it. So I play a lot of FIFA and Madden. And let me tell you, it's been a rough time if you're a FIFA player or a Madden player over the past yep. several years. Those games are miserable. <laughs>
2: It's, and you last episode, we talked about how things are cyclical, right? And like EA established obviously dominance by buying licenses at very high prices and priced out the competitors. I do think it's cyclical and we'll see a return towards soccer games competing, football games competing. I, I don't know when that'll happen, but I have faith. But I will say, you know, like EA has, you know, supported games like It Takes Two and mm-hmm. has oh, yeah. experimented th- with things like Knockout City and, you know, and uh, I really liked. I thought Squadrons was good. I think Fallen, yeah. Fallen Order is good. That's the sort of direction that I like. But I, I would love for them to go back to their earlier experimental days and look at the Switch as a unique opportunity, and either adapt some classics, rock and roll racing, like some some cool stuff from the past, or innovate with with new experiences. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't look like there's any appetite. Doesn't look right like now. they're
0: going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer uh speaking of, last thing for news speaking of star wars games they fixed the text boxes in kotor Woo. and they added a cheat console so you can go cheating to your heart's content which is go really good i know i haven't played it and i need to play it and it's on switch i mean on switch it's actually pretty decent i i'm i'm yeah. to understand mm-hmm. so
3: i'll
0: have to check that one out Solid port. all right uh let's Real quick, hit up what we've been playing. Uh, I'm going to start off with my Nintendo Switch Horror Story Part 2. You remember uh, a few months ago where I got on the plane all excited to play Shin Megami Tensei and found out that I hadn't transferred ownership of my Switch to my OLED model. So I was unable to play. Well, this time that was all taken care of. I put my Switch OLED on the charger to get 100% battery. I picked out a selection of my favorite games. I made sure that like I had some of my favorite games downloaded onto my Switch. I have a sling that the the Switch holder fits in absolutely perfectly. It's amazing. I fit my book, my Kindle and everything in there and I it doesn't count against my like how many bags I bring on the airplane. Get up into the air, fastest seatbelt light goes off. I pull it out and I'm like, "Oh, boy, I don't remember the Nintendo Switch being this light." That's because <gasps> it was sitting on my
1: charger. Oh. <laughs> oh. I had the games.
0: I had the cords, I had the case, but what I What a nightmare. My oh my god. Well, Seth i ran into that flight oh yeah from maine to atlanta atlanta to san francisco this happened this this happened
2: to me i forgot when it was but like a new game had just come out and i i was going to go to germany to visit my family and on the drive to the airport i'm like oh my god i forgot the switch with the game in it at home and Uh... my my wife was kind enough to say hey let's just stop at that target there and buy a new one at that time switches were plentiful and so i did buy those a, were the days i did buy a switch because I'm you bought idiot. a switch
1: just because you forgot your switch
2: and that game Well i was going to germany and it was a yeah. it was like a tw- it's like a it was a 13 hour flight oof and it would have been torture and it was uh yeah. i I'm, i gotta look up which game it was but i was super excited about playing that game too so i had to buy a copy of that game too but my nephew. Was lucky enough to then get that Switch as, a, awesome. as a present. We're lucky was the
1: real winner here.
2: Yep. I sent yeah. it to him <laughs> afterwards. So it wasn't well, what for it, nothing. It became a, a present. Here's
0: a used aside, gaming device. Aside from the game that you don't remember, uh, last time you we went to Germany, what game have you been playing recently? Banjo-Kazooie. Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm mostly playing on on other platforms still. Uh, there, there's just so much, and you know, obviously, there's so much more coming out, and right. uh, until I get Pokemon Arceus, which I will definitely play. It sounds sounds like it could be up my alley. We'll see. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, and and I was very happy to see the update to the emulation actually doing the game justice. Um, it's a, it's just a fun, funny game, and and you know. Uh, obviously, games have moved on since it came out and become more yeah. sophisticated. But like, there's just so many great touches and wonderful levels in that game. It's it's definitely worth revisiting.
0: Right? Yeah, I actually never played it when it came out, and I tried a few years ago. And I think it's definitely a product of its time because I couldn't I couldn't get into it at all. Really? You yeah. just don't like rhyming. <laughs> I love to rhyme. I'm yeah. a rapper. You didn't know that? Mm-hmm. I, had a, I have an album out there. Somewhere. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kat, what have you been playing?
1: Yeah, it's been very nintendo for me, once again, because I, I don't think I've turned on my Switch in like two weeks, but I've been uh. playing I've been playing a lot of Bloodborne because I really want to finish it before Elden Ring comes out. Mm. And I'm quite far at this point. I'm in the nightmare of Mensis, which is like the second to last level at this point. And it's now gotten, the the enemies have gotten so creepy and so strange that I feel like my own sanity is being tested a little bit playing (laughs) this game, but it's really, really good. I I feel like, I I don't think this is a controversial statement uh, to say that Bloodborne is one of the best action games of the past generation, and just absolutely worth playing if you have a PS4. It's a shame that it's not out on PC, but there it is. But yeah, yeah, like in terms of, I'm not really one for survival horror, normally like because i just don't like gross things i I Hmm. prefer cute things (laughs) in my video games and but bloodborne is good enough that it kind of helps me cross that particular barrier and besides that it's just really fun to light my sword on fire and just completely melt these uh abstract lovecraftian horrors so that's what that's what i've been playing a lot of bloodborne lately
0: well I've tried, and I just, I can't do it. So The secret is you got
1: to just call in people to help you with the bosses. Mm. And be patient. Don't just rush into encounters, and you'll be okay. Oh, see, that's my problem. It's like a quiz show. Only fools rush in. It's a quiz show. You have to phone a friend. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. Uh, I've been playing with my community because it's our monthly game club game. And uh, there have been a couple bosses where I've just been like, all right, I need help right now. And they're like, we're coming in. And we've had some cool. great co-op fights. Bloodborne is really, really fun in co-op.
0: Uh, maybe I'll I'll put it on my list of games to Do say it. that I'll play. All right. Reb, uh, Other, I mean, we know we know what you've been playing. But yeah. are there any other, any other games?
3: Uh, or- I mean, no. I, since the last <laughs> time I was on this podcast, I've been playing 64 hours of Pokemon <laughs> That's Legends. That's wild. Argus. You put so that, in that in a back. week and I a half. I, I wow. would just like to shout out to my wonderful Pokemon team that carried me through. Uh, Samurott, Hisuian Electrode, who is very cool. Uh, Hisuian Arcanine, uh, Blim, Gudra, and uh, Heracross. Good buds. Good buds the whole way through. And I'm looking forward to playing Bowser's Fury tonight instead of Pokemon. There you Mm. go.
1: That feeling when you finally finish a review game and go, now I'm going to play something I want to play. Yeah. yeah.
3: don't get, Again, don't get me wrong. Had a, had a good time with Arceus, but 64 hours nonstop right. over the last yeah. week and, yeah, and a half. A I'm, I'm ready to do something else.
0: It's an even better feeling when it's a game that you have not been enjoying <laughs> reviewing mm. and oh, you're yeah. done with it and you never have to. I'm
3: I have been there as well.
0: Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remake, which everyone <laughs> was very mad at me for scoring so low, but it is not. It is. It bad. was
1: a really bad remake.
0: It was awful. It was yeah. al- almost... Unplayable. I was ready to cry at the last boss when I finally beat it. And I was like, I'm It's
1: so a horrible with this feeling when you're, mm-hmm. you're reviewing a game and you start get the, getting that sinking feeling like 10 hours in, going, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't good.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's also it's like, oh, I know a lot of people love this game on GameCube and I am not enjoying it. Oh, and yeah, that's yeah. also a little bit of a sinking feeling there too. But oh, well. Um, not the case right. with Arceus. Not the case with Arceus. Yeah, I'm excited to play Arceus. That's probably what we'll all be talking about next week for what we've been playing. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what first.
3: you all think of it. I'm, I'm yeah. curious.
0: I'll probably like leave my Switch like on a boat or something. I don't know.
3: <laughs> Please don't do that. No, yeah.
0: I would. I would never. Um, it stays at home, or it's within arm's reach at all times. So. We have done it. We have gotten to question block with enough time Hmm. to actually answer questions. This is a record for me. I I very rarely do this. So uh, I know that people really love when we we do question blocks. So let's do it. Stephen M. Smith, not to be confused with Stephen A. Smith, who will yell at you. Will Zelda keep going (laughs) with the huge open world style? Will they work in some remakes to keep us old school gamers happy? I'm not a fan of open world. Miss Temples can a two- Zelda world exist. What it already does? It yeah. has.
3: Yeah, that's that's the world we live in right now, right? Like that's what they're doing. We had we had Link's Awakening a couple of years ago and whatever they they've been trading off, I think pretty pretty effectively. They they had Breath of the Wild and then they they remade Link's Awakening and then we'll have Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever. And then I assume that whatever they do after that will be another top down. Yeah, I but think what Stephen
2: was- is asking will will they keep it going? Um which, like, if you look at uh, at the history of Zelda games, they actually always had that. They, yeah. you know, they they used to have the multiplayer games, like Four Swords Adventures, at the same time as the 3D Adventures. And then during the DS age, they had, you know, they started doing touchscreen games, but they didn't phase out games with direct control. So it feels like it's a franchise where they always kind of keep this, this, this dual thing going.
1: I think what, what you're think- wondering is, is there room for a big-budget tentpole core release along the lines of, say, an Ocarina of Time rather than a Breath of the Wild. And I actually kind of wonder on that Mm. front because Nintendo has had so much success with Breath of the Wild that it's, I think, difficult to abandon that kind of formula for the actual tentpole releases. And a lot of people are like, ah, Breath of the Wild's too different from Zelda. I'm like, actually, I think Breath of the Wild goes all the uh, way back to the original yeah, Zelda. I think in so many ways. It's like the most faithful. Yeah. And so but also we never know where Nintendo's gonna jump next. And it's entirely true. possible that they'll go, Yeah, we're just gonna do one in the kind of the classic format. But we were so sick and so burned out on the Ocarina of Time kind of structure mm-hmm. that I think Nintendo is wise to kind of let it rest for a little bit longer.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I do wonder if they with Breath of the Wild too. If they won't lean a little more into the kind of temples, dungeons, sort of thing, because that was one of the big complaints about Breath of the Wild is that it didn't have enough of that. And I wonder if they will sort of correct in that direction.
2: I think Mario Kart uh, uh, DX on the Switch is an example of Nintendo listening to fans. Right, like there were a lot of people who said Battle Mode was my favorite. Bring yeah. it back, and and boom, right, the re-release gets it. Um, I I think so. I think it'll focus a little bit more on Dungeons, but I would love to see, you know, Nintendo has a couple of creative uh, internal studios and studios it works with. Like, you know, everything from, you know, it's worked with Platinum, obviously on Bayonetta, has uh, next-level games that it owns, retro studios that it owns. Like, having one of those teams tackle a Zelda game, just, you know... Just to see how different it would be would be really cool, but you know, loving the Breath of the Wild formula, I want to want to see that continue too. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that there's a compromise there. I mean, we, they can have the dungeons, but not have the entire you know progression of the game hang on. Well, you can't go in here unless you have the red armor because it's on fire. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a place in there that they could they could make everybody happy or make everybody
2: upset. Yeah, link but between as,
1: worlds. Did a great job with that, in my opinion. I really enjoyed the
2: open-ended progression. That That was a really good game, actually. It's a
1: good Mm -hmm. game. Yeah, it's my secret favorite Zelda.
0: Yep,
2: the one that I love the most.
1: Not not a bad choice. Yeah, Yeah. acceptable.
0: That's that's another Zelda that I never played. So sorry. Oh, sorry to disappoint everybody. Oh my gosh, one of the one of the few games
2: where there's a there's a kind of a Shyamalan moment in the final boss battle. You know, just like. Portal Two had that little that little surprise. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, this game did too, and the I just ending absolutely made me it. It's
0: so good. Oh wow! It's good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's so I, that lovely. is
0: one where I do I do have a copy, and I do know where that is. So maybe I'll. Have oh that. man, you should really play it. Like these these games are timeless. Like
2: Nintendo's yeah. 2D. Yeah, adventure well, I mean games these are games timeless. are
0: timeless, but I have a limited amount of time. It's <laughs> the best 3DS
1: game, and I don't think it's particularly close.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Play it. All right. I, I remember everybody on this podcast actually talking about how much they loved it, so I'll I'll take it out. As far as oh, the oh wait for the th- remake. Wait for the remake. There you go. Well, doesn't isn't three D fact doesn't three D factor into it pretty heavily though? Yeah, no, not really. no, 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 not
2: really. No, oh, not
1: really. Okay, okay. Hey,
2: you just can just do it. Questions. We're not we're
0: not mad, Seth, but
2: we're telling okay. you no.
1: Just <laughs> disappointed. Ahead. Yeah. Just disappointed.
0: Just... <laughs> <laughs> that was a parent a parental thing to say. So. All right. James Gold asks, could Microsoft eventually try to leverage the amount of titles it owns into Game Pass on Switch, even if it's streaming in games that aren't natively available? So could Microsoft bring Game Pass through a cloud service to the Nintendo Switch? Sure. Yeah. yeah.
3: We talked about this a little bit last week.
0: Yeah. That's what they, I mean, yeah, that's what, what
2: Microsoft's end game is service service wherever you go every tv being able to access the service without a box obviously they haven't they're big believers in hardware and you know uh, and, and creating boxes that give you an amazing experience but they also want to own own the streaming model in a, in a major way and like if nintendo and sony let them in a heartbeat they would stream yeah. their games to those platforms the question is, does, does Nintendo want that? Does Sony want that? Sony does not want that.
0: Sony just no, absolutely not.
1: I don't think Nintendo necessarily wants that either because it yeah. might dilute its own games. And mm-hmm. if the experience is bad, it'll make Nintendo look bad. Yeah. And I think that we're a long way from being able to have a streaming experience that is acceptable. <laughs> I have yeah. jumped into some of these streaming games through xCloud and that kind of thing. And also cloud games on Nintendo switch. And every time it's been borderline unbearable because yep. I see the input lag, I see the points where the connection gets a little kind of iffy and I go, I, I can't play this. I can't play it this way. I'm not going to do it. And maybe, maybe other people who aren't as, I don't know, tuned into video games or something will find that experience acceptable, but there are huge drawbacks still. To streaming, and I don't think Microsoft has solved it yet. And no. I think with no, the state has. of America's infrastructure, it'll be a long time before they actually do. I,
2: I mean, I was I played um, I tried Destiny on Stadia, and I was surprised. I was playing with a wired connection, and I get you know nine hundred uh, down here. Um, wow! And it and it was uh, yeah, it's uh, it was. It was really good. I was surprised at the visual fidelity and how smooth it is. Like if you were to switch between, you know, direct rendered by your game and a, and a a cloud game, I'm sure you can you notice the difference in 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 the responsiveness, but I was actually really surprised. Now, applying that to Switch though is a completely different story, right? Very very few people play with a wired connection even though the new dock has the port obviously now but Mm -hmm. um it is switch the whole concept of switch is you can undock it and take it with you and there is a huge that that just kind of makes cloud gaming not a great solution at this point in time until there's this magical infrastructure where everywhere in the world you can just stream without problems in the year 2000
0: (laughs) that's far far away land far
1: away when the future. humans are dead
2: when the humans yep. are dead i poked one it was dead, <laughs> it was dead.
0: <laughs> all right we have one more question i forgot to uh, say the names the first uh this, that was james gold who asked that question by the way this is bernardo rosowitz sorry bernardo if i mispronounced your name but Bernardo wants to know, would Nintendo make more money releasing their N64 games as digital purchases versus the subscription? And I'm going to say that they had some number crunchers at Nintendo, <laughs> and they've already decided that that is not the case. And that is why we have the uh, subscription expansion yeah.
2: pass. Bernardo, what they're working with is the Altano scale. So they have this, um, basically this concept that... How many games would Brian Altano buy for the fifth time <laughs> if you sold them at full price, at half price, at quarter price? And they got to this point where it was um, even Altano broke, and yeah. they said, "We we need to make subscription dollars." Um, There's a
1: reason that they went with this kind of system, and that's that people didn't buy games on Virtual Console. Like Virtual yeah. Console, by and large, was it just didn't sell. Games would sell in the single digits or the double digits, maybe. And uh, from, I mean, this is just a rumor that I've heard that, but it sounded like Nintendo had to make a big push to get Sega onto the Nintendo Switch uh, online just because... Of how little they were able to make on virtual consoles. Sega like, wasn't Oof. particularly happy about it. By the way, I'm not reporting anything, so please don't say that Cat said a thing. But <laughs> industry leaker Cat <laughs> said. Right. This is just a rumor <laughs> that's gone around. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that Nintendo's doing this because at a certain point, people just stop buying virtual console games. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The well, thing you got to remember about people buying video games is that the audience that exists online that listens to shows like this and is like very in tune and is tweeting every single time a new virtual console game comes not virtual console every single time a new nintendo switch online service game comes out why won't they put earthbound on this service or whatever else that is the time i I know i know i want them (laughs) to put earthbound on here it is the tiniest sliver of the actual video game buying audience. Yeah. The vast majority mm-hmm. of people are not looking on any Nintendo Switch platform for a game they played when they were 10 and really liked. Like They, no. they are not doing this. Uh, so it if you can get people onto the service for one reason at all, whether that's Animal Crossing DLC or right. whatever specific game, Paper Mario, whatever, yep. then they're a paying customer and you have them. But if you're just trying to get them to buy games individually for five bucks, then you're not going to sell any because people are yep. just going to forget they're there.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. It's uh, it's the one-time purchase intent. Oh, I am buying Sonic the Hedgehog too. I have given you my $5 or I could pay you every month or once a year because you're promising me that a game that I like from the past might come back. And then, you know, you, justify it to yourself well i'll get all these other games that i never played before but yeah um they they're never going back and this is actually not a new idea at all when the Wii launched and they were launching the online services i remember getting a survey would you spend five dollars for access to retro games and i was like hell yeah i would and then they just were like haha psych it's gonna be 200 nintendo points instead that's uh, three dollars and 27 cents please so yeah there it is we've done it it's another episode of nintendo voice chat in, uh, what, what am I trying to say? The can. can? No, that sounds it's terrible. Still it's still a can. It's still a can. In it the sounds...
3: Pokeball. In the, the poke Pokeball. Uh,
0: that is, we, uh, <laughs> God, Lord. Please follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions to the NVC Facebook group, both of which have wonderful, lovely communities and followers. I want to thank Reb for coming back on the show to talk about Pokemans. I want to thank Kate uh, on the ones and twos and Logan behind the scenes. But most of all, I want to say thank you to all all of you for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can get the thing. thing. Yes, indeed.
2: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine,
3: coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.